What's up, you guys, and welcome back to the Down in the Dirt podcast, where we are getting dirty, talking baseball, and I am your host, Carson Lee. As always, thank you guys again for joining me on lucky episode number 13 of the podcast. On today's show, instead of having a current professional baseball player on the episode, we're going to go a different route, and today I have strength coach... Michael Richards on the podcast. I want to have Michael on today uh, just to give you guys a little bit different insight of what goes into being a professional athlete. Not only being a professional athlete though, but becoming a high school athlete, becoming a college athlete, and becoming a professional athlete. Uh, Strength training is a big part in doing all those things. And, and the responsibility of going to the gym and taking care of your body and, and being healthy and being strong. And so, you know, that's why I wanted to have Michael on today. He, he's full of so much knowledge and he dropped a lot of knowledge on this podcast that y'all need to pay attention to. Apply it to your own self so you can have success in your own career. Um, like I said, with it being lucky episode number 13, we had our fair share of luck go into this episode. So I want to thank Michael Um uh, just how flexible he was and I truly appreciate his time because we had a little bit of technical difficulties yesterday's we recorded this episode twice actually and the first time we recorded it uh, Wednesday morning uh, the file didn't come through all the way Uh, all you could hear was me talking and the rest was just dead air and then when we recorded it today Thursday morning uh, he was willing to come back on you know right afterwards and like I said I truly appreciate him for that just for being flexible um, I know it was very inconvenient but then today we also had we ran into some Wi-Fi issues uh, for both of us on both sides so the podcast might sound a little choppy at places I tried to splice it up as clean as possible uh, but for the most part it, it, it the, the quality is still there just sometimes the words might run together uh, for where I was putting one conversation into another whenever the, the Wi-Fi would go out. We'd have to restart. Um, but anyways, yeah, like I said, I, I truly appreciate Michael's time. Uh, but this is an awesome podcast. So you guys be sure to, to listen up and soak up as much advice and knowledge from him as possible. I will have links to all of his information in the description box below, whether you want to follow him on Instagram, if you want to check out his website, if you want to check out his training facility, um, if you want to train with him for remote training, all all that information will be there. Uh, So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. As always, I appreciate you for tuning in and listening to the show. Uh, While you're here, though, it would always be greatly appreciated. That if whatever listing platform you are on, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, or Stitcher Radio, if you could leave a review and rate the show. Not only do these things help the show grow, help them attract sponsors, help people that don't know about the show listen to the show by reading these reviews, but it also helps me. It gives me feedback. It lets me know how I'm doing. Um, you know, whether it's constructive criticism or it's positive words, I read all of them. Uh, so, you know, it helps me out on how I can make the show better, what you guys like, what you guys don't like. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, uh, if you could do that for me, I would truly appreciate that. And I'm still having the contest where if you leave me a comment with your review of who you think is going to win the World Series. So comment who you think is going to win the World Series this year and leave your review under that. In a few weeks, I will be picking one lucky winner and sending them something from me. 
Whenever you're listening to the episode, if you will, could you also tag me on social media? Because social media, as we know, connects with so many people. And so if you tag me on social media, this will help the podcast grow. People will see it. People will see you tagging me. And uh, it also let me know that you're listening to the episode. And, and I truly appreciate your time. You taking the time out of the day to listen to it. And as this podcast grows, this just gives more and more kids access to the knowledge and information I'm trying to provide to help make the game better. Be sure that you're also subscribed to the podcast on whatever listening platform you're on so that you'll get notifications whenever a new episode drops. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at CarsonLee5. That way you can get updates on the show and you can also send in a question to be answered on a future episode. I love interacting with you guys. I love trying to give you guys knowledge on what you do or don't know. So if you have a question, send it in and I'll be sure to get it answered. But before we get started on this episode, I want to tell you guys about my friends over at Jigsaw Massage. Do you like massages? Have you tried percussion therapy? At JigsawMassage.com, we have the most powerful percussion therapy device on the market with a lifetime warranty and free shipping in the United States. Get ready for real results in pain management with deep tissue massage, recover faster, feel better, and get pain relief. Shop now at JigsawMassage.com and be sure to use my discount code CarsonLee, all one word, when purchasing to get yourself a discount. I can't vouch for these guys enough. Not only have they taken care of me through my past baseball season that that just went by, but they are also taking care of me right now in the gym. Uh, I use the Jigsaw Massage every day to make sure I'm recovered and, and just to loosen up my muscles and break up all the soreness. And uh, that way I can come back the next day and be ready to go. So I highly recommend uh, checking out Jigsaw Jigsaw Massage and getting yourself a massage gun. Uh, It will improve your daily life every day. I promise you that. And now on to my conversation with Michael Richards of Elite Athletic Performance LLC. And this will be part one of a two-part episode with part two releasing next week. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, you guys. So I am here with Michael Richards from Elite Athletic Performance, LLC. This is actually our second time recording. We tried recording yesterday morning and uh, technical difficulties brought us back here today. Uh, Michael has over 20 years of experience training athletes. And Michael and I actually got connected through social media from our good friend, Robbie Rowland. And we've talked here and there, but for the most part, I've just sat back and observed a lot of the information that Michael put out on Instagram and uh, just tried to soak it up as much as possible and I've enjoyed following him and so now I was able to get on the podcast and Michael I appreciate you coming on uh, how you doing today uh, pretty good man I appreciate you having me on yes sir so to start off the show uh, can you go ahead and just give yourself give the listeners a little background on yourself uh, just your story you know where you came from and how you got into training uh, athletes <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, I grew up in athletics and, uh, you know, played baseball a lot of all the other and, you know, all the other sports. And But baseball was always the the main one. And uh, I was I was the big kid, you know, growing up. I was I was uh, I guess I was that kid that always hit home runs and, you know, either hit a home run or he got thrown out at first. Basically, I, I was a heavy kid, put it that way. And uh, I started training and got it figured out nutrition things like that when i was in 11th grade and uh 
you know, that led at that point in time, you know, there wasn't, there weren't places like this, you know, there were strength and conditioning facilities in the private sector, in the, uh, private sector for, you know, for, uh, professional athletes, but there wasn't like for kids, you know? And so, uh, I basically was going to be a personal trainer and, you know, this was all the plan after I got done playing baseball and, you know, uh, through basically no one's fault, but my own, my baseball career ended a lot earlier than I expected and, uh, or I planned on. And so I got a, I got a head jump on a head start on this stuff. And I was personal training basically, uh, and doing lessons on the side and, uh, long story short, I basically, uh, one of the regulars at the gym that I was training at, at a place about 30 minutes away from where I live now, um, I, he was kind of a regular in that gym and he, his son was on one of the local high school football teams and I got, uh, he got me in touch with him and, and, uh, basically I designed their, their strength and conditioning program one, one year. And, uh, <clears throat> I gave it to the coach, had a meeting with him basically. And I gave it to him a, uh, you know, gave him an off season training program and an in season training program actually. And, um, they won a state championship game, the state championship that year. And later on, he ended up telling me, you know, like this was gold. This was huge for us. And, uh, you know, I started kind of, the light bulbs kind of popped and, uh, basically, you know, I kind of had to invent the wheel. Yeah. There wasn't, like I said, there really just wasn't places like this for amateur athletes, you know, not, not many. And, uh, you know, especially in the baseball world, if you have a baseball facility, it's just batting cages and people practice and stuff like that. There definitely wasn't weight rooms and things like that. So, uh, fast forward to, uh, to where we are now. And we just, basically I was doing lessons for a long time, just, uh, and like basically going to fields around town and hoping that the lights were on and, uh, then strength training to my athletes at a 10 fitness. And, uh, long story short, I, I hooked up with a guy there that trained football players and was basically doing the exact same thing. And he and I opened a place together and were, uh, everything was good there. We outgrew each other and, um, you know, we outgrew the space we're in, even though we were in a 12,000 square foot building together, we just, we just outgrew, got too big to be in the same space again with each other. So I moved out and, um, started you know got uh, got my own place and uh outgrew it and built the one we're in now and uh it's just it's really you know just been a real been a blessing and we just just kept moving so we're in an eight thousand square foot facility now and um just we just moved in in february it's been been really good that's awesome man that's awesome that means you're doing something right up there before uh before i get into uh where you're at and how you came up with with the facility uh brand behind it i do want to see if you could shed some light because i know you said that you kind of not playing college athletics was kind of your own own doing of to yourself uh, yeah i know you work you know you have a lot of kids that come in through through your facility and got a lot of kids that are listening to the show i'll just see if you could shed some light on just uh basically taking your career in your own hands and not doing anything stupid as far as, you know, on the field or off the field, you know, with like social media, watching what you say, watching what you post, those kind of things to where another kid doesn't run into that situation and he's able to, you know, keep as many doors open as possible. Absolutely. I, that's actually something that motivates me every day. Um, and it's it's frustrating because I was not a bad kid. I was not a bad person in my heart. I wasn't, 
you know, it it was it's not like you know there are a lot of kids that they're not bad kids. They just they're just kind of ignorant, you yeah. know. And um, I luckily didn't have social media then because this would have been long about 1999 to 2000 ish around there 1998 when i graduated high school and uh basically the first school that i I had two options really to play and the first one i I just didn't feel like i I felt like i was better than that and and looking back you know i'm like no no you weren't but um the other one was uh, a little bit bigger school and i didn't like what the coach was telling me and uh, you know I basically was told him that uh, <laughs> I, I was I, you know I'm getting drafted in June anyway so you know I'll just do that you know and like just looking back I'm like why I mean like it's just one of those things I'm like I don't even understand how anybody could be so pot, so blind you know uh, but it it really boils down to the fact that like <clears throat> looking at it now you know i'm like i'm like that that like your path the path i was trying to take you know basically never happens you yeah. know so like how how could you have possibly thought that that would be okay you know like or that would work how would you know and it, it you've got to understand and i i tell kids this all the time like if you were qualified to make this decision you wouldn't need me and you're not. I love you, but you're not. And so you don't get to make the decisions on what you're going to do each day when you walk in here. You know, like I can't, if I let you do that, you would walk in here, you would hit a bucket of balls. You might throw the two pound ball against the wall a little bit. You'd do some bicep curls and you'd leave. And that ain't going to get it done. That ain't it. And we both know I'm right. You know, so like you, you have got to trust the people that have done this thousands of times. And it doesn't matter how stupid you think it is. Believe me, they know what they're talking about. There's a reason that they're doing it. And so um, you'll understand it one day. If you choose not to understand it now, you're probably going to end up exactly the way I did. And I just luckily have turned out to be a really good story. There are hundreds of maybe thousands, whatever, of stories that don't turn out great, that take a really bad path after they do what I did. And, you know, you can kind of tell where that story would go, you know, and, um, luckily I get to channel mine into, you know, into positive things and help people not make those mistakes. Um, but basically, you know, now you're under a microscope with everything you do, social media, all that stuff. You know, we've had guys drafted that had tweets, you know, that were, uh, found from five years before that, that were attempted to at least be held against them. And you can't, do that you know like not one i'm talking when you're 14 13 14 years old uh you know just stuff that every 13 14 year old kid does uh it's just it'll it, it comes back up and you know people are spending a lot of money on you uh if even with colleges and even though you don't see at that money <laughs> you they are still spending a lot of it on you and they are not willing to make that investment if you're an idiot yeah and, you know you I always use the example of a sliding scale and this isn't necessarily what everybody wants. Every parent and coach wants to be heard or whatever, but it's the truth. If you're going to be a jackass, you have to be really, really good. And it, it works on a scale, you know, like if you're going to be a a jack, 
you've got to be really, really good for somebody to want to put up with you. Yeah, exactly. But the better your attitude is, the more, the less performance you can get away with, you know, and, and go develop and try to get that performance, you know, and, um, and kind of the same way with grades, you know, like you, you can buy, um, with performance on the field, you can buy a little bit of uh, less grades, but like if you leave, um, a, a stone unturned, you're going to get passed over for the guy that does exactly what you do and has better grades. And so you've got to find ways to make yourself more valuable. And that is exactly how it will work when you get done with baseball and you're trying to get a job, you're trying to do this, you're trying to do that. The bottom line of it is that nobody really seems to get things explained to them this way is if you can help a company make more money and, and they make their bottom line better, you will be valuable to them. And it's exactly how a team works. You know, if you can help a team win, you'll get a spot. If you can't, then you won't. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how it works. Exactly. You know? And, you know, that was kind of a lot of the reasoning of why I wanted to start this podcast. I've talked a lot about it on previous episodes, but just about how basically, you know, pretty much everyone that I'm going to come across is going to be the just – I say average, but I don't mean average, but just, you know, the normal guys, you know, the guys like me and you that, are, that aren't going to take that road of, you know, going to high school, getting drafted, um, going straight to minor leagues, having no adversity and going straight to the show. Like very few people take that route. And that's only the like truly like upper echelon of guys within the game that, that go that way. And so that's what I'm trying to get across to guys is that it's okay to have a little bit of adversity. It's okay okay to have a little bit of failure. You know, it's okay to get redshirted, get cut, whatever kind of goes into your journey. Like all that is a part of it. But don't then uh, create less opportunities for yourself by your actions, by what you do, because you're already up against the the eight ball as it is. Absolutely. Uh, yep. So you know, I'm glad I'm glad you're able to shed some light on that from your own personal experience. Uh, just to so that people can hear it from someone else other than me because I've harped on it a lot. Um, and, you know, and I can speak to this, and I have an advantage speaking to this just simply because I'm older. You know, like, I, I promise you, you do – first off, you're, you hear this all the time, but, like, I'm dead serious. You're going to blink an eye and you're going to be 40. And especially once you get out of high school and you get in a routine, that's what makes time pass so fast. Yeah. And – when you believe me when I tell you this, you don't want to be 39, 40 years old like I am waking up in the mornings going, I, 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 could, I could be doing that right now. And like watching professional baseball games where guys are throwing baseballs. You, you don't want to be you don't want to be 39 years old, 40 years old like I am. And, um, you know, watching guys throw basically like 100 mile an hour blitz balls on TV and in the back of your mind thinking, you know what, I can still hit them. Like, when knowing in reality, there's no way, you know. But I didn't make them rip the jersey off of me. You know, I, I gave my jersey up. And that's something that you just, you don't want to, uh, you don't want to do that, you know. Uh, you want to make sure that you exhaust all of your resources to where when you're done, you know you gave everything you had. You can sleep at night knowing that you tried and it's over, you know, um, versus, you know, kind of just kind of crap in the bed the way i did so exactly you don't, you don't want to do that so exactly anyways. exactly you don't want your talent to go to waste just because of stupid decisions uh, exactly but can you go ahead and, and tell everybody where you are 
Uh, you're in Arkansas. So you can, can you tell them where you are in Arkansas and then how you ended up coming up with elite athletic performance? Yeah, uh, I'm basically in the, exactly the middle of Arkansas, right, right, central Arkansas. So we're like 25 minutes, 30 minutes away from Little Rock. And um, right on I-30, uh, Interstate 30 that runs straight up from Dallas that goes all the way up and, you know, you get hit 40 to go to Memphis. I'm right on the interstate. You can see the interstate from my from my our facility. Um, so, uh, and we moved it, the one that we moved into in February, which uh, we actually, the one that we were in before we moved there is like rock, a couple rock throwing distances away from where we are now. So it was not a hard, not a hard move. So um, I came up with elite athletic performance. It's, it's kind of funny because everything's elite now, you know, like, there's an elite lawn service around here, like an elite <laughs> hair care. And my hitting instructor, Austin Pfeiffer, will like text me. Uh, he'll Snapchat me like every time he sees an elite something, you know, just to kind of screw with me. He'll take us, he'll snap it and be like, oh, they're elite too. Check that out. You know, I'm like, thanks, man. You know, so, uh, but at the time, and I, I named my company Elite Athletic Performance in LLC in like 2007 or eight, and I was trying to think of a, of something to, you know, upper echelon was what I had on my mind. You know, like I didn't want something ordinary. You know, I wanted to make sure that it, it, you know, people understood that I was trying to make something better than anything else. And, you know, elite was not, I don't know if it was overused at the time and I didn't pay attention or if it is overused now. And I just know now because of more social media exposure and all that. But anyways, um, I, uh, I chose elite athletic performance and then it just, it works well because EAP kind of rolls off the tongue and, you know, that's something that, you know, like the kids at school kind of wear as a, as a badge of honor, like, you're, you know, are you going to EAP today? Are you trained at EAP? You know, so it's, it's something that, uh, I've, I've noticed that a lot of time was like business branding and stuff, you know, you have to have a name that's easily, you know, some type of recognizable, uh, way to say it or, you know, portray it or something like that. That's that's easy for your your customers and, and your uh, customer base to be able to identify. You know, so that that has worked out really well. And I really didn't even I don't think I realized that EAP kind of flowed really well. You know, when I named it, but I got I guess I got lucky with that. So, um, but so that that's what I really had on my mind. You know, just I just wanted that I wanted a word that you know was just something that was better than everything else and that's you know I think about that a lot and I throw that at them you know I'll remind them like man I'm we're not here doing stuff you know like it doesn't say kind of elite athletic performance you know it's it's elite athletic performance and we're going to be you may not ever make it to being elite but you're going to try you know yeah and and if you if you don't that's fine but like I just said earlier if you don't if you don't exhaust all your resources like this is not the place for you you know I don't care how good you are, but you have to give everything you have. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I think, like like we mentioned yesterday, uh, I think that just sets the standard, too, though, having it named Elite Athletic Performance that, you know, for those kids, whenever they walk through the door, they know what they're getting themselves into. You're either going to come in today and, and compete at a high level and train at a high level, and give everything you have, or you need to turn around and walk back to the door and go back home and find somewhere else to go because you're not going to come in here and go through the motions. You're coming in here to get better every every single day, 
and yep. you're coming in here to to ultimately achieve every goal you have set for yourself. Yep, that's that's it. I mean, it's I'm not a I'm a real easygoing guy. I'm not the type of guy to I just I'm not that coach that walks around and hounds everybody and is in their face. Like I believe in you know you know teaching a man to fish. You know, so like um, I give them the tools and the program, and I make sure that you know I teach them how to work without me having to self-start them you yeah know? and if that if, if they need a babysitter if they need a rock if they need a drill instructor like they're not going to make it anyways so you know i'm just always like if you you know i'm not going to sit around here i'm not going to wipe your nose i'm not going to you know i'm not going to cut your your piece and carrots up for you like if once you get your program if i have to constantly remind you to do your work this is a bad idea and you're wasting your parents money so or your money however old you are so we're not Right, you know, I just there's little things like that, and you know they, um, the ones that take to it, it creates such a good environment. You know, like there's, they love coming up there. They know they're not going to get hounded. This is the one place they come where they can kind of they can do their work and you know be themselves, and and it's just it's just we created a really cool culture. You know, with our high school guys and stuff like that. So uh, we're I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah, what we got going. Yeah, just being able to create that competitive environment that pushes everybody every day. You know, that's what that's what you're striving for. Uh, you know, for for these guys that are walking through your door, what's kind of your process you go through to assess each kid individually to where you know every it's it's tailored for them and not uh, just you know general just a general program. Right, I have a, a definitely a unique way of doing that, and I I I used to joke about it, but I actually am the more comfortable I've become as I've gotten older and cared less about what everybody else thinks. I, I call them like rolling assessments a lot. Uh, if we have a high level guy, like a, a guy that's already doing things at a very high level, you know, like one of our, you know, anytime we have a D one, could they come in, you know, a D one guy come in or, um, you know, something like that. Then if we literally will sit them down on an assessment table and, you know, look at all the degrees of, 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 shoulder ER, IR, and all that thing, you know, and we'll take all that, and I'll get my physical therapist involved and all that, but as far as your normal high school kid, junior high kid, um, they come in, and we will performance test them, and, you know, and it depends on what, you know, if they start, you know, like, I don't, we don't have, I don't have the staff to, like, test you on the first day that you walk in, so if you, like, for today, if, for instance, if you if you were to start in our program today, <clears throat> you would test in sometime at the 1st of September, you would just basically come in and start learning our program, and then learning our terminology, and then 1st of September, I'll start rolling out and getting you your, uh, your individualized stuff, I'm going to, A, I'm going to make sure that you're going to work before I spend my time uh, customizing anything for you, Yeah, and exactly. Then, you know, uh, because I am a one-man you know, I have an assistant and that's it. You know, we don't have a coaching staff, you know, so uh, that's uh, that's something that I have to be very frugal with is my time. And I can't spend, um, you know, a guy says, hey, I'll be there this afternoon. I can't I can't spend two hours, three hours customizing his program and then him not show up. So, um, you know, so we have to kind of do that in a, in a different way. But I'll take their performance to, or their performance numbers and we'll look at that. And I actually use very ways to I look at their the main thing I want to know from a true assessment standpoint is I want to know if they're hypermobile or if they are tight or if they're kind of in between and that tells me how I want what I want their warm-up and their cool down to look like um, as far as strength training goes I'm just not there's just not a lot of difference in what they need 
you know, and so there is a general strength program that we, and it's not general, but it is the, it is the gym's strength program that most of them will stick to, you know, um, basically it's, you know, it's like a, a version of the conjugate method basically that we use here. And I say a version, it's as conjugate as I can get it and still make the traffic flow in the gym basically is what it is. And, um, so we, that will be on the whiteboard and they come in they pull up their phones and they look at their their customized program, which is their their customized warm up, which that's basically where I fit their uh, their uh, prehab rehab. You know, uh, if they're a very loose mover, then they have some they have a bunch of stability stuff that they need to do to get warm. And if they're a tight mover, then they have a lot more mobility and dynamic type warm up type stuff that they'll do to get warmed up. And then they the workout is the the workout is on the whiteboard and they will get started there or they'll do their throwing program if they're testing that day they'll get that done before they lift and then hit their med ball work then they'll train um, now if you're 11 to 15 you come in at, at a certain time you know we have groups and it's not a it's mm-hmm. not a semi private setup and like the 11 to 15 year olds come in and we will warm them up do a small amount of speed and agility to kind of extend their warm up. And then they'll they'll hop into the lift. But the only, like I said, the only assessment I really do on them is, is kind of a rolling assessment, which basically means I'm watching them move on the floor. You know, so we get them started pretty quick, and I'll find out if they are a loose mover or a tight mover. And we basically have um, a bucket over here of, you know, when I say bucket, I'm talking about a group. You know, so we have a loose mover bucket, and we have a tight mover bucket in our group settings. And I'm like, okay, loose movers, you're getting over here, and you've got this tight movers you've got your dynamic warm-up let's get that started then we'll all uh meet for the, uh, we'll all finish that up and then we'll get started on the lift or whatever you know whatever else we've got for that day so yeah yeah that's basically how that goes it's really honestly what it boils down to is i customize their warm-up their cool down their sometimes their throwing program depending on what they need if a guy has a beautiful arm path then he we don't really even screw with that. It's just a straight-up velocity program, assuming he needs to pick up velocity. And then if he has arm, you know, if he has arm path issues or if there is a mechanical issue that we're trying to clean up, we will fit. We will kind of uh, customize his drills to meet and try to fix those. You know, if he has lead leg blocking issues or something like that, we'll uh, use his low intent days to uh, kind of customize his work there. Um, but other than that, you know, the lift is the lift. You know, they're going to reverse lunge. They're going to use, uh, you know, box squatting and accommodating resistance, things like that. And we're going to have basically two dynamic days and two uh, max effort days with a lot of assistance work in between. And, uh, you know, that's the that's the basic gist of it. Lots of posterior chain and lots of uh, horizontal rowing. So um, that's the basic gist of what, we, what we're doing day in, day out. Exactly, and you know, I mean, at towards the end of the show, you know, we'll be able to touch on this again whenever, because um, I'll let you explain how to create your own, your yeah. own program. You know, if you're not hands on with you, but just pretty much, you know, I know everything stays the same whenever it comes to strength building, as far as you know, the main building blocks you got to use, as far as you know, your reverse lunges, uh, the rows, the bench, and then you know, like you said, making sure you're either not too tight or not too loose and somewhere there in that happy medium because you know uh-huh. you don't want to be you don't want to be stiff guys like us where we can't even touch our toes <laughs> right and i've got plenty of those and, that, and that's that's really you know that is where it all and i'll if they really do need a ton of stuff i will fit their um i'll fit extra you know like a, like one of our uh high, a really high performing 
high school guy we've got here that just happens to be my nephew, he, he is a very, very stiff mover. And so he has extra, like, serratus wall slides in between each lift. You know, so when he's box squatting, he'll do whatever, you know, if, if we've got box squats that day, he'll do a set of box squats. He'll go back over to the wall, grab a foam roller, and get some extra serratus wall slides, you know, um, just to make sure because his, you know, I just want to make sure his, his scouts function pretty well, but I just want to make sure they always do, you know, because he has – he has he creates a ton of force, you know, exactly. and so we've got to make sure that he's in good shape to do that and, and to handle that. So exactly, and so how do you think the correlation from strength training has has completely evolved? I know we touched on it, you know, yesterday. Me and you, we were talking about how back when you were when you were growing up, kind of what strength training was then, but then how do you think it's evolved now to what it's become? Uh, to help not only the major league game, but also the college game, you know, for how it's basically just become very, uh, I mean, I want to use sports specific as the word, uh, but, you know, just sports specific training um, from right. what it was back in the day. Well, I'll tell you what, like, it's funny, like you say that it, it has become sports specific. That terminology wasn't necessarily used. Um, you know, it was because the term the term sports specific now is used for a load of eyewash, you know, that people um, that are in this business that are kind of dazzling parents with this crap that, that really their kid, the kids don't need, but parents will eat it up. You know, that's actually describing, you know, sports specific. That's what people think of when they think of sports specific. But really what has what happened from the time that I got into this, uh, you know, until the current time. And really, it seemed to me that it happened along, it really started changing about 2004-ish or 5-ish, um, where basically we got away from, you know, uh, chest and tries today, back and buys tomorrow, um, shoulders and calves <laughs> the uh, next it, day or something. The, the international bro split? Right, right. <laughs> and I mean, I, you know, I joke about that constantly, like, you know, there's this dude on on, the, on YouTube named Robert Frank that freaking cracks me up, and he's like, you know, Monday through Thursday's International Chess Day, <laughs> and so like I, I joke, about, I laugh about that all the times. So I'll be like, well, it's International Chess Day for the third day in a row. You know, like I'll mess with the guys, you know, and you know, pop the pecs a little bit, and you know, just kind of screw with them. But uh, you know, we we got away from that thankfully, and you know, because that's that's not where athletes need to live, and. Professional strength coaches, if you've ever watched on Netflix, there's a there's a documentary about Westside Barbell. You know, professional strength coaches were working with them back, you know, like the guy that was that trained Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen and all of them, you know, he was he was up there learning from Louis Simmons at, at Westside Barbell back in the, you know, nineties. Um, so they you know, the professional guys, the professional strength coaches were already moved into this well before the general public found out about or was able to move into that the only guidance that people outside of that high echelon world the only guidance we had was bodybuilding yeah because that it was in magazines and it was everywhere and and professional wrestling i mean and they trained like bodybuilders at the time and probably still do but um you know so that was what that was the influence we had and so that was what you did in the weight room well you know once people that that information started leaking out west side started getting a little bit more um mainstream or you know not mainstream but just people were learning about it and the word was getting out and then the internet came along and uh you know people started learning that that there's a much different way and better way to train athletes you know and 
core stabilization and core bracing and things like that started really playing into it. And then, you know, the conjugate method and accommodating resistance and things like that. But, you know, just um, basically learning, you know, we learned, I think, to that the body works as a system, you know, and, I, and the good strength coaches could see that even if they didn't know how to verbalize it back, you know, days, you know, I could, I could, I remember seeing that in my head before I was ever a strength coach, you know, that like, <clears throat> there are certain exercises that train the entire body and make it work together as a system, you know, and then there are exercises that don't, you know, and so you, you've got to, you know, like when you're training athletes, I always say that we're trying to kill as many birds as one stone as possible yeah. with every single exercise, because I want them, especially our younger crowd. Well, all of them, but our younger crowd need it, needs it worse because they just, they're, they're weak and they're unathletic, you know? And so you want to make their body learn, how to train, how to how to work as a system together, you know, with every opportunity you get. But it, the 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 evolution of how it has happened is, is pretty fascinating because it's it's you know you know the bro split and all that to um, you know uh, to guys that you know even 40, 50 year old people like you know if you're training like an athlete that's totally acceptable. I can remember a plate a time and place where people would be like, "You're doing what?" You know, like, um, you know, I was I, even after I was out of baseball, I would go run bleachers, and I can remember people being like, "Why are you doing that?" You know, like it was just unheard of that I was training quote like an athlete before. You know, when I wasn't technically playing a sport anymore. You know, and um, so it's partially you know acceptance in the uh, you know in the mainstream world and just normal people understanding that it's okay to train like an athlete. And it makes it more fun to train. And it also has, you know, evolved in a manner in the way that, you know, the people that are in charge of workouts are learning, you know, and it's, it's the internet's, you know, the internet is the main reason, but um, just, you know, the, 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 the knowledge about how to train the body has just, it's, it's not even, it's, it's hard to put into words how much it has changed over the last 20 years. You know, it's just, a, a it's moved it at, at, at you know, light speed is not even fast enough to describe how fast it's moved. You know, yeah. from the bro split to where we're at now, you know, where I have um, the ability to um, take a, you know, like a, a a bar and put a a cord on it. I actually don't own one of these, but we will soon, you know, and, and literally measure the velocity in which the bar is moving. Yeah. for a twelve for a twelve year old kid. Yeah, you know, like that. That is, if if you were to try to explain that. 15 years ago the person would be like are you a millionaire like what are you who are you training why are exactly. you doing that you know and now i'm like yeah we charge less than 200 bucks a month to do that is know? that so uh you know that's a that's a that's a big jump you know and is is that a way of uh measuring power because i've seen that used before oh yeah and it's it's very interesting to me oh yeah yeah that's um that's where that's where training's headed if i can call that shot it's uh I mean, it's just, it's almost a completely no loss situation because you can, you can train, you can test with that without having to load up one rep maxes, you know, which I mean, understand the body has to do, like, I don't care what anybody says. An athlete has to have a one rep max occasionally once they are uh, prepared to do that. Not right off the bat in your lifting career necessarily, but like eventually you have to train your body to go full hard for one rep. Yeah. But but that's another that's another blog post for another day. But uh, <laughs> the you know you can t- 
test and retest so simply and, you know, not freak parents out because you've got a 12-year-old doing one rep maxes to where his eyeballs are popping out and all that stuff. And you can get a really, really good measurement of what he's got in there simply by telling him to pull that thing as fast as possible. And then on top of that, the competitive environment that it creates without a bunch of stress on the body is just incredible. You know, it's just it's insane. Exactly. Because then you have kids competing on how fast you can move the bar. And the person that moves the bar fastest throws the ball fastest, hits the ball hardest, you know, uh, all that stuff. Hits people hardest, whatever sport you play. Hits volleyballs harder, all of it, you know. So um, that is a really – that's one of those things that I'm hoping Santa Claus will bring me this year. But, <laughs> you know, if he doesn't, I'm going to buy my own. But, uh, you know, that that is where that is where high-level, upper-level training is going. You know, you're not necessarily going to see him in every high school – in central Arkansas and stuff like that, but like in northwest Arkansas and all that, where uh, up around where the University of Arkansas is and places like in where you're at and all that, it's going to be popping up real soon, you know, Nintendo units and things like that. So That's freaking, um, that's incredible. Just the fact that we have awesome. technology yep. to measure something like that, that's that's incredible. Yep. It's, uh, and actually, I'm pretty sure Driveline's coming out with their own. So oh, it wouldn't surprise me with the way they're growing. It wouldn't surprise and, me at all. And they're, well, I'm almost positive that i actually saw uh kyle tweet about that and that that they it was they were developing it because they had tested basically all of them and said okay this is the best one but it it still has flaws and that's basically what they do they're like the apple of baseball you know they just they take already existing technology and they find out the complaints about it and they make it better and they completely ruin that you know that product for everybody else and then you know like they do it exactly the way it's supposed to be done they they make things the best they can be Know. Yeah. Well, then they uh, they create their own demand though for their own yep. their yep. own brand too. So they're, yep. they're definitely that, definitely doing something right. They're doing they're doing everything right. I you know like it the the, the way driveline it what they've done to the game and and you know speaking of of evolving the training you know like it's if if you have like people that have a problem with them are just they're terrified of change like they don't they don't get it and. Uh, you know, like it's it's just it it's it is what it is. It's kind of funny to me, but like, you know, the the things they've done and and the way they go about things are just like I I couldn't I don't think I could find a fault with what they're doing. Uh, you know, it's uh, they're just doing really great things. So yeah, and that is the end of episode number thirteen, part one of my conversation with Michael Richards on how to build an elite athlete. Be sure to tune back in next week for part two of this episode. As always, thank you for getting dirty with me on the Down in the Dirt podcast. Till next time, guys.